Anxiety isn't good with statistics. This is part of an occasional series about phrases that this therapist finds himself repeating often. It's a reading from a Medium post from September 19th, 2019. As a clinician in private practice, one of the phrases that I frequently hear myself saying is this, anxiety isn't good with statistics. Usually this phrase pops up when I am talking with someone about their worry that X is going to happen, even though they know that it is statistically unlikely. And while there is a temptation to argue or rationalize about the mathematical probability of X event happening, uh, let's just say that is not a generally accepted or therapeutically useful approach. However, what can help is understanding how a stressed brain does not like nuance. Fear favors efficiency. We want to survive. And there are ways to pause to allow the more thoughtful parts of our brain to take the reins from the fears about sharks and lightning and asteroids hitting the earth. Though it may be tempting to argue about chance and statistics, there are better ways to manage your own anxiety or that of a loved one. Part one, a stressed brain does not like nuance. One thing to learn about a stressed or anxious brain is that that particular brain and person is in a very all-or-nothing framework. At that moment, stress and anxiety tend to lead us to think in very either-or terms. There is not much gray between the black and white of an anxious brain. In practical terms, this means that decision-making involving multiple options gets more challenging. It may be hard to even see that there are options available. When asking why about a particular choice, it may be helpful to remember that anxiety may only see one or two, fight or flight. Section 2. Fear favors efficiency. Survival is key here. And it can be helpful to remember that the same fight-or-flight system that is robbing you of the ability to make complicated decisions is trying to help you live. The example I typically use is that if a tiger was running at you, then you do not want to dawdle while searching the internet to find out what a tiger would prefer to eat besides you. You definitely don't want to leisurely prepare a tasty meal for the tiger, perhaps with an appropriate wine pairing. By the time you do your research, decide on appetizers, and prepare the meal, you will have become the main course for the tiger. Fight or flight, after the pause that freeze of that freeze response, you see the fight or flight is helpful here. Our body and brain's reaction to fear stress, and anxiety is there for a reason, our survival. Decisions about survival do not have time for committee meetings. Section 3. Decisions about survival tend to go for the quickest, bluntest instrument to achieve the goal. Consider even the low-level threat of hunger 
and how our body craves the fattest, sweetest, most carbohydrate-laden treat. The custard-filled donut may not be healthy, but it satiates our hunger quickly and efficiently. Part of why an anxious brain is not good with probability is that it focuses on this what-if-this-happens scenario that may help us survive the what-if. Then by imagining that what-if event, we really feel that it is possible. We feel it is real in our brains and our bodies, which is in large part why our bodies react the way they do to both acute and chronic stressors. So what do we do? Stop. Breathe deeply. Breathe again. In this present moment, the X, or what if, is not happening. While the stressed, anxious brain is reacting as if there is a crisis, we need to communicate to our body that we are not actually under threat. Instead of the short, shallow breathing that fleeing from danger requires, we communicate with our bodies using the same slow, deep breathing that our body would use at rest. Because our body is reacting to the stressor, we need to communicate with our body first. The areas of our brain that are about fear are reacting. Once we help that part of us find a more calm space, then the more thoughtful part of our brains can take over. And after we feel calmer, then that prefrontal cortex has a chance to look at how many people actually get bitten by a shark, or struck by lightning, or what is our chance of getting hit by a meteor. Then we can actually weigh our chances and our choices. Remember, Anxiety isn't good with statistics. And for sure, a stressed brain focused on survival is worrying more about the chance of a Sharknado than about winning the lottery. As a note of explanation, I am a clinical social worker, and I work in a fairly rural area with few clinicians. So if you're a licensed mental health professional like me, it is a place where you can still make a good go of it in private practice. But what that also means is that you will work with a wide variety of people, even more so if you are willing to and competent working with children. For me, I see children, adolescents, and adults with a few older adults and couples thrown in, too. It can make for a fun and varied day in the office. If you're listening to this recording and it's helpful, I'm glad. But um, please know that listening to something like this, while it may be educational and helpful, is no substitute for seeing a clinician. So I hope that you're able to find somebody in your area that, uh, that you feel a good alliance with and can be helpful to you.